0: Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In this week's episode, we discuss what is placement readiness. And can skills do more to better prepare themselves and their students for work placements? Hello and a very warm welcome to the Change in Education podcast. My name is Amos Madry, your host. I'm joined by company directors and co-founders, Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney. And this week, our attention turns to placement readiness. What is placement readiness? And can skills do more to prepare students? Good morning, Steve. Can I start with you? A warm welcome to you. What is placement readiness?
1: Good morning, Amos. Uh, well, it's I think in the previous I think I can't remember what episode it was. I talked about uh, work-based learning being broken down into three elements. We talked about the pre-placement phase. We talked about the placement phase, and we talked about the post-placement phase. So, really, today's discussion and uh, our uh, digging down into the nuances of placement readiness is actually in the pre-placement phase, which makes complete sense. And it really is, it's making sure that students are um, supported over a period of time uh, to make sure that the soft skills that they would need for a work-based learning or a work experience program are in place. And uh, expectations regarding the work placement are managed when it comes to the hard skills and the industry that they'd be going to. And making sure that the student has uh, researched uh, effectively the industry and the company they're going to, so that when they do go on placement, and we use this term place readiness, they've actually understood the employability skills element, they've understood some aspects of social interaction, Uh, they've understood uh, the life skills that are involved with working in any business, and that the expectations of managed of what they're actually going to be able to do with that employer. So, you know, so when the employer uh, completes their induction of the student, there's no uh, misconceptions or we've narrowed the gap between what the expectations are. And we've also made the student is, uh, is, is well prepared for the world of work. So that when there's a handover to the employer, the employer then has got a, a clear and concise uh, a, Understanding themselves uh, so that those comms are effective. So when we talk about place readiness, it's making sure that the student is prepared for the world of work, and that includes lots of facets that we're going to discuss today. But it's also to make sure that the, uh, they've they've effectively communicated with the employer, so that there's a clear because the employer knows what the student wants and can then support them effectively, and uh, the student uh, understands what this this workplace is going to be like, and so. Uh, probably a bit later on, Matthew will talk about the pitfalls of of non-placement, what happens when we don't get placement readiness right.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. Matthew, Steve uh, set us up nicely there in terms of um, placement readiness. Uh, Skills could do more in terms of preparing students, making sure that they're ready to go into uh, their placements. What's your thoughts on this? Could be, Could more be done?
2: I think we could always do more, Amos. Uh, First and foremost, can you, am I coming through okay? I have off the air, I I did apologize, I'm currently driving down to our offices and crew. Am I coming through okay?
0: I can hear you loud and clear.
2: Fantastic. Uh, We could all do more. I think employers are, because there's more competition than ever before to get into employment then employers can be a little bit more picky and we need to ensure that that filters down to work experience students the right work experience students go into the right employers we get asked the question all the time is this young person placement ready does this young person want to work here why did he want to work here what skills can they bring and this is these are young people at the age of 14. The employers are expecting them to add value to their business. This isn't just a babysitting service. So time has to be given pre-placement to ensure that the young person is fully aware, has got the back of what Steve said, of, of the business, the environment, the fully researched the career path so that when they make that first, when that first impression on the Monday morning at that five day placement. They're ready to go. They can work on independent project tasks. One of the, the, the best students that we place in industry are the students that undertake some kind of project that the employer can use moving forward. We did some work with a Harris School in London and I remember doing a reflection video and there were students talking in real detail about the jobs that they did during their workplace, and these were project-driven tasks. And these projects were utilised by the employer at a later date. Now that only goes to show that the school in question ensured that the correct students went to the correct employer. We can look at our system, and we can tell you that those employers are still delivering placements today, because. Why wouldn't they? For them, it was it was a labor force at no cost. Yes, they were supporting the future pipeline, the future, the future uh, employees and uh, their aspiring future leaders. Of course, we're doing all that, but they actually got something out of the experience that the school in question, ensure that the right students went into the right industry. And there's a range of ways that we could support, and a range of ways that schools can Support. but we've got to get it right. We've got to treat these employers really well. And we always back the same problem that they are here today. And uh, students will come and go each year.
0: Yeah, Steve, you know, Matthew makes a really good point there. Schools, working with the employers, making sure that the right students go to the right employers. Um, now, we know that that's not always the case. Uh, some students are self-driven, self-motivated. They don't need to be pushed. Us to speak, uh, or encouraged to find a placement. It's something that the always wanted to do, um, whereas other students almost have to be coerced to go into placements. How can we prepare students, and how can we encourage them to see that this is an opportunity rather than a task?
1: Yeah, it's 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 striking that balance between uh, wanting all our students to. Uh, a positive experience and as as you as you've said some students just aren't placement ready now it's not to say that they can't be working towards an external placement but there there has to be some measure and some uh, process where it's pragmatic that you know and we acknowledge that students aren't placed ready because if we do let them out you know it does turn out to be it will be a negative experience for both the student and the employer and then obviously you'll lose both parties then and we want the workplace learning to be a positive experience. So, um, you know, if we go back to the age old thing is, is if we're just looking at the figures, if we're motivated to get 100% of the students out and that's all we care about, then we are going to fall flat on our face. And actually we should be making sure that we should be analysing our students through assessment criteria. What does that mean, Amos? It means that uh, there's plenty of benchmarks out there uh, to enable uh, an assessment to, un- to understand if our students are placement ready. So w- what we're looking at is, is an assessment tool to, uh, they, you know, given the right time and it not being a condensed, the pragmatic approach would be that, you know, the student has go for a series of, uh, training sessions, uh, assessments that help build their skill sets, that there's some kind of, um, uh, assessment where it's clear to see the students that are placement ready. know, they get a tick box, you know, in in, in its simplest form, I think, from from our point of view, it's getting that baseline. So that, you know, if you've got 100 students going out, that before they go on placement, all those students have had uh, key messages, you know, they've had, how do I self place? Why is work experience important? What is health and safety in the workplace? Uh, Why do I need to do skills assessments before I go on placement? What am I trying to achieve while I'm on placement? You know, what are hard skills? What are soft skills? What's industry? So, you kind of get the picture if a student has gone through a plethora of pre-learning interactions uh, individually uh, or part of a group setting, then as long as the school is comfortable that student has successfully completed those gateposts those those learning environments, those learning lessons then um, you'd be confident that you'd hope that the student now is placed ready traditionally, you know I think I could definitely say that there's there's been work experience programs that even we've managed to historically whereby that didn't happen. It was a tick box exercise. It was just a race to hundred percent. And uh, we obviously don't operate like that now, uh, but it definitely it was about, let's get all the kids out. And, and there wasn't really any emphasis on placement readiness because when you get the correlation into your head that sending kids out on placement, uh, just to meet an agenda, uh, it's just going to cause chaos. If they're not prepared, it's going to, um, it really is going to alienate your businesses. And that's the key Amos. Placement rent is great for the student, but ultimately an employer who feels that, you know, the process has been, because they volunteer volunteering their own time. So to get a student that turns up on day one and they go, okay, so what are you interested in? And they go, I don't know, I've just been sent here. You know, what does that, you know listen are you going to support that school next year <laughs> or you get you you get an employer that actually met the student weeks or months beforehand and already started to have communication with the students about what they want to learn how they can help prepare that student while they're with them and interact to get to know that student beforehand is a much more rewarding experience for both the student and the employer so you know i i'm pretty confident traditionally that's still my poor my poor uh analogy probably still does happen. The students are just going out day one, going, oh, hello. And they are, like, or, you know, I didn't realize you were coming, you know, because also the communication is so important. You know, a student places in January, but they're not going out to July. That's a huge seven months where the employer might, you know, the business might change, that the contact might have changed, they might have forgot. And then, you know, if you put effective communication in between that, that point with the employer and the student, then at least, you're keeping both parties warm until the actual event so that they're both aware of what's gonna be happening. So yeah, so going back to the original question, it's got to be, uh, you've got to have in your pre-placement phase, key lessons to do with uh, employability skills, preparing for the world of work, how to self-place, health and safety in the workplace. And then you've got to use them as a benchmark that actually in the worst, you know in, in, in the basics that if every student has gone through the same process we're pretty confident that that student now is placement ready. Uh, and for the school to be open and honest and, and not send students out that aren't placement ready and put them onto other careers or work related learning
0: pathways. Indeed. Thank you, Steve. Matthew, Steve makes a really good point there. um You know, we can't always try and chase the 100% figure. Is the industry looking at? Quality rather than quantity is quantity of no good anymore. What's your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, mean, Steve has taken the words out of my mouth, but before I go on to the quality-quantity debate, uh, which is clearly still quantity, because schools set their curriculum, they set their timetables in the summer period. So in August, they've already set the agenda for a week of work experience for every year 10 pupil in July for five days. That's already set in stone. Now the rest of the curriculum is built around that. In terms of there's no time for any pre-placement work to take place. And so this is this is the same. This every single year, the same week in July is used for work experience. And math, English, English and science and all your other subjects take precedent up to that point. So as much as we're talking about a pre-placement phase and what should happen, I'll have to disagree with Steve and say that we are still in the situation where I don't believe it is taking place and not to the level that it needs to to make any real impact on the way that employers feel about work experience. Employers love to help. Employers are great. So we've never come across an employer that says, I, I don't want to support the youth tomorrow. And even when they've had bad experiences, they still want the support because everybody needed that first leg up on a ladder. We all agree with that. That's, 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 you know, that's not in question. But if schools cannot find the time in their curriculum to deliver pre-employability skills, or at at the very least what Steve picked up on, a a risk assessment, a health health check, a health and safety awareness, uh, even just creating a CV prior to actually going on placement. If you can't do that, then there's really no chance of a young person ever getting in touch with an employer and keeping that relationship warm. Because there's no time, they literally are turning up on the Thursday, on the Monday, because there's no time to do all these nice fancy things that we deem as fundamentals. You have to get fundamentals in the curriculum if you want to run a 100% successful work experience programme. So that will mean that schools will have to have checkpoints. If they sign with a third party such as us in September, and the Work Experience Week is in July. Well, that's, that's nearly that's nine months. So you have nine months of preparation, in effect. But what happens is, Amos, is that everything is left at the very last minute. Young people are mismatched to placements where they should never have been going to. And the employers are expecting that the pre- place of preparation has been completed. And it just literally hasn't happened. Therefore, until we ensure the schools are, are sidelining a, a session a month, a whole week off timetable to focus on the skills that we think the students should have before they go to the placement, we're never going to do anything about it. But the problem is time in the curriculum. There are lots and lots of ways that a young person can prepare themselves. The best students out there will always be the best students, will well. They? They'll always arrive on time and they'll always do a good job because, as Steve mentioned, they're self-motivated. There's plenty of, of guides online, on YouTube, on careers platforms. Uh, schools will subscribe to these careers platforms. There's loads of, there'll be loads of tests on there. There'll be loads of courses and resources. It's not about a lack of information. This is about the lack of structure a lack of time as it currently stands, pretty much close to zero pre-employability goes into work experience because the timetable, the calendar for a working week at a school or college is set in August and there's no time allow- allowed for it. What we need to do is speak with school leaders to ensure that there's a minimum criteria. The minimum criteria could be a five point checklist. Young people should have made contact with their employer, introduced themselves, maybe attended a pre placement interview, completed the health and safety awareness course, uh, indicated uh, uh, 10 reasons why they want to work in the career that they've that they applied to work in, uh, and uh, what they want to achieve out of the work experience week. And if we passed all that information, really, really, you know, just, just boxed it up, put it in a toolkit, sent it to the employer, the employer would think, well, this is brilliant. I've got a young person, it may not be their first choice of a career, they may not be the most gifted and talented young person in the world, but look at that, they've completed this simple five-step marker that tells me as an employer that they want to be here. Uh, It's quite simple to do, but it requires buy-in from curriculum, and curriculum needs to acknowledge the importance of just having a little bit of time set aside in the school calendar six weeks, eight weeks before the work placement to talk about it and to ensure that the employers are then passed on the information that's been discussed.
0: Thank you Matthew. Uh, Steve, from what Matthew said, uh, the responsibility lies with the schools ultimately, um, but it seems to be an issue of standards. Could more be done? in terms of trying to get standards to a minimum, so that at least we have that level of responsibility.
1: It's, it's difficult Amos, because uh, I'm not here to judge anybody who's running a uh, a curriculum or a school program, uh, because obviously it's challenging, but if, if the educator has made the commitment to Work based learning, work experience being part of the curriculum for students as part of that wider careers model. And if they've made equipment that's going to happen in year 10 or year 12, historically, they're the two years that normally get targeted. Then, yeah, I think there is, there is, there is, there has to be some uh, consideration then to, you know, we want this to be a, a positive experience, but we we want it, we've got, no, actually, I changed my, changed my tact here. It was, they have to evidence outcomes for Gatsby and for Ofsted. So you know, simple just to simply put it, in the pre-placement plays. If a employer, uh, if the sorry, if the student is is encouraged to uh, complete Skills Builder, which is integrated into our platform, then they're obviously setting a baseline. So the student is then analysing their skill sets based as the Skills Builder assessment criteria, and if the student can. Uh, in 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 its simplest term, do a at least once. We should do it more. Really, but if they just did it before they started placement, during placement, and after placement, there you would see three benchmarks of how the student feels that their skills have progressed during pre-placement, placement, and post-placement. That's just one example of how the school then can track progression, so they can evidence that the interaction with the employer, the work placement program, was a success, because they can measure outcomes. Uh, you know. The, the ability to track attendance effectively uh, is obviously another marker, which doesn't really prove progression, especially from a student's point of view. But the, the main one is really uh, is the employer feedback, and actually, the student feedback so and, and the diary entry. So if an employer is, uh, has already communicated before this placement starts with the student fully aware the student wants to do, the employer is probably more likely to give a positive uh, employer feedback based on the student's skill sets, but also the student's progression. So there's lots of markers that we can start building upon in the pre-placement, placement readiness part of the uh, delivery model. So yeah, it's it's d- d- the school can implement uh, learning experiences um, pre-placement. Uh, do they? Do they have a responsibility to do it? I think so. I think that's what Gatsby's screaming out, and that's what Ofsted is screaming out. Uh, could they uh, use um, traditionally, I think when I was at school, it was called Outlook. Everyone's school course it differently. They have set weeks or lessons once a week where it's to do with more health, social, uh, and life skills training. They, they, those lessons could be utilized, couldn't they, uh, in the, in the run up uh, to get these students uh, on a placement readiness program. Uh, you know, six key, I mean, we've already built it, to answer with oh, you, James, I mean, we're talking about stuff that we've already built, we've already built the uh, learning, uh, the lesson plans, the programmes, um, the lessons are already mapped out. Uh, we call it the six point, uh, it's six points of placement readiness, and obviously we've, we've touched on today, what the student needs to do during that, assessment of employability skills, a session on self-placing, we talk about self-placing because the students giving time to self-place it is a real world exercise, like searching for a job. So if they understand why they've been asked to do it and it's not us being lazy, then obviously that really helps with their communication skills, their interpersonal skills, and actually their confidence. Because actually, Amos, if they went and found the placement and they were the person who met with the employer, well, there's your first tip between placement readiness because they already know the employer, if that makes sense. So uh, we've talked about health and safety uh, preparation. We've talked about skills development and doing the skills builder interactions. We've talked about um, uh, what um, they need to do before they start placement. So one of our sessions is obviously, when we say placement preparation, it's about understanding uh, the basics, such as timekeeping, lunch, what you're wearing, how that you react around an employer, the questions that you should be asking. So there's lots and lots we can do that to make sure that the uh, it's a positive experience uh, for the student, the employer, but also for the school, so that they can grab this data. And then they can truly say that their work based learning programmes are meaningful because they can evidence positive outcomes.
0: Thank you very much. Matthew, Steve's mentioned it. the resources are there, Uh, everything is there. So it's really, the case of uh, skills making the most of it. How would you sum up this whole discussion here today?
2: No, I completely agree. The resources are there, not not just on our platforms, but on uh, on other platforms as well, to ensure that you know, we've got that uh, got the data to feed back on or the data to uh, send over to an employer. And the, and the data ultimately will always paint a picture of uh, why a placement went well and, why it wasn't success uh, based on the work that goes in before the placement so yeah the resources are there but again i i feel this moment in time, that time isn't there within the curriculum so i've summarized that ultimately every every stakeholder has got a responsibility third party like us which is, is, is the broker is the broker really in the middle of of the uh, provide the resources etc and a, and a delivery model which is clear and concise uh, but then there has to be the ultimate responsibility by students for well placement absolutely but the, the school has to find that time in the curriculum to actually sit down in a session and i know Steve mentioned when he was at school there was there was sessions available but it could just be it, it could be be homework. It could be uh, a group session. It could be an extra session with a career advisor, focusing on the impeding work experience, the forthcoming work experience placement, to ensure that they do go through the the resources that are on offer. Because then we can we can safeguard, can't we? We can safeguard the day to say complete the pre-employability skills placement been signed off, the intended placement, we've got the feedback from the employer. And listen, it, 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 it still wasn't a great experience for the student, but there wasn't much more we could have done. You know, we can always learn, we can always build resources differently. But if we send the students down from placement that haven't completed a pre-employability test, then we really haven't got any logical evidence to suggest that the move that we made by like sending send them on placement was the correct one. Well, for me it comes down to time you find that little bit of time in the curriculum then we bolster our employer engagement we ensure that it's offsetting gap so you're really thrilled with the work that that particular school is doing everybody's happy and uh, we retain employers a lot longer than uh that some schools are currently doing which is the employer has a, student want, has a negative experience that then uh, you know, they they don't offer work experience again. So, you know, it's our intention to support the employers to ensure that they do offer work placement year on year. Uh, and uh, we can evidence that.
0: Thank you very much there, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, fellas, thank you again for your company today and a uh, really important topic as always. Uh, so What do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with what's been said here? Maybe you disagree. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Either way, we'd love to know your thoughts on this. Do get in touch with us. Our email address is info at changingeducation.co.uk. And you can also visit us online, changingeducation.co.uk. This is an important topic, something that we'll discuss again in the new future, I'm sure, Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much indeed. Until next time, Bye-bye.